Hello, everyone. This is executive producer Rob Perra. At Chef Dance, Amelia Nirenberg, reporter at the New York Times, sits down with Matt Swenson, the director of coffee at Chameleon Cold Brew. On stage, Matt talks about the future of sustainable coffee and the tech, sourcing standards, and youth leading the way to change in coffee-growing communities. Enjoy the show. I guess just to start, you know, you work in your coffee company, you're working in sustainability, you're trying to empower your producers. A lot of charities and non-governmental organizations do the same thing, but you guys are a business. Can you talk about how you have integrated kind of ethical business practices, your, your mission into your business practices? Yeah, I think initially it all starts with having a values-led organization. And so clearly defining values as uh, employees and as a business and kind of finding our North Star to where we want to go and, and how we want to impact the world as a, as a business, right? Obviously, we want to be profitable and, and build a, a healthy business, but how we uh, interact with consumers, how we interact with our suppliers, all of these things are important uh, from the onset that we needed to define. And so for us, um, we've started initiating relationship-based uh, coffee and adding voluntary premiums uh, to most of our contracts. In, in 2018, 89% of our coffee had voluntary premiums on there. That's amazing. And so, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good accomplishment. And, um, and so we're able to invest with our partners and empower our producers uh, all throughout the globe while still building a healthy business. Neat. So yeah. to continue kind of the conversation we were just having about climate change, mm-hmm. um, I read a study that by 2050, global demand for coffee will double. And by that same year, the amount of suitable lands to grow coffee will have. Um, it's already happening in Guatemala, where you source a lot of your coffee, and all, all over Central America and Latin America. And so I'm curious how you're looking to maintain the volume as you grow and this sort of third-wave coffee movement grows, while sure. also acknowledging the realities of the climate crisis. Yeah, of course. And I think this this is part of the idea of our, our mission with uh, empowering producers is because we're all in a, in a tough spot. And that um, study is by World Coffee Research. We also... A partner with World Coffee Research and help fund some of that research. Um, but what we do is, as coffee is chased up the mountain, as we call it, and the, the yeah. land is reduced, we want to make sure that we're partnering them with the right tools. And so in the case in Guatemala with, with climate change, we're ensuring that they have the proper access to varieties of coffee that um, can can fight pests and, and climate change. And um, we're also looking to add uh, organic gardens for them to have a more food secure atmosphere. And so taking a look outside the box and not just focusing on produce more coffee so we can buy more coffee, taking a look at, at the health of the coffee producers and a holistic uh, vision to, to create a more healthy landscape for them. And how, how does, how will that help your volume? I mean, if you're making sure they have better water and, sure. and everything. Yeah. So the, the theory is pretty simple, right? If, if uh, the producer is able to produce more coffee, we're able to buy more coffee in the long run. And so this is, a lot of these projects, it, it's, we're looking at it with a five to 10 year ROI or return on investment. And so as we uh, empower and, and build infrastructure, they'll continue to grow year over year and we're able to buy more coffee. And so, you know, when I first started with the company, we were looking at volumes and it's important to, to know when you look at the global coffee supply spectrum and, and you see organic coffee, and specialty grade coffee, you start, you know, slicing the, the pieces of the, of the pie, uh, it represents about 2% of the world's supply of coffee. And so I'm like, okay, this is great. One, three, five years, we're fine. But 
man, if we double in size, 10 years, we're, we're screwed, right? And yeah. so we really need to start installing practices and systems now so our producers can keep up with our demand. And, and one um, case in point is in Peru, we installed a, a quality lab in 2018. Right, right. I wanted to ask you about and, that. And um, so one of the results from that, year one, we were able to um, increase capacity by 250,000 pounds of coffee, year one, by just being able to increase uh, sensory in this rural area. Um, but the added benefit is not just uh, our ROI, it's... Um, the value of that to the community. We added about $130,000 of additional wow. quality premiums year one in this community. And so it's a, it's a, a projects that are, are mutually beneficial and that's incredibly important for us to, uh, to continue to grow that way. Think, thinking about your work, um, it, it, to me it seems as though you, you take you know, this coffee and you trace it back not only to the beans, but the people who grow those beans and the water system that they have access to and the food that they use to feed their own families. And, you know, you have this really, you know, broad focus on, on that, that all stands through here. Um, and I'm curious because a lot of the current border crisis on our southern border is the result of climate migration. Land isn't, like farming's too risky and so people can't feed their families and so they're leaving. Um, how do you see your work and probably more for the folks in this room, kind of your approach as being something that could help with global migration and help those communities be able to stay where they want to be? Sure. And so this, that's a really great question and a, and a hard one um, because it's multifaceted, right? It's sure. climate change is a huge influential uh, piece of that. Um, but we're seeing a lot of different things in there's coffees traded on a on an economic mechanism called the C market, and that C market right now is probably 20 cents below cost of production. And so what that means, if you're buying mainstream commercial grade coffee, the farmers selling their coffee at less money than it takes them to um, to produce it. So, so they're working at a loss. Yeah, and okay. so that's inherently unsustainable from that standpoint. Then and if unethical. You, yeah, well, of course, right? But if you if you pair that with climate change and their their volumes of coffee and their harvest is lower, then they're you know doubly behind, right? Or increasingly behind. And um, and so what we're trying to do is a not only pay for higher quality coffees and pay premiums, but also empower them with the tools. So in uh, the case of Guatemala, for instance, we're giving the the food security and, and access to clean water. All of these things that will. Um, help them be more sustainable from not just coffee, but from all around, right? And, and then one of the, the projects in Peru that we have at Quality Lab, uh, the challenges that they're facing are the kids of the farmers are going off to the city and working in the city because they can find a more profitable job um, and, and they're abandoning the farms, right? And so by installing this lab, all of a sudden it, it's making coffee cool again in this in this rural area. And the youth of the area is getting engaged by um, doing innovative processing experiments on the farm and, and really getting engaged and hopefully setting us all up for the next level of sustainable coffee. Are you tra I don't know if you're tracking this, but are you tracking, you know, how many people are actually staying in the regions where you're working or what, what sort of, how are you measuring your success? Um, of course. So before we go in any place, we, we always have baseline studies um, to, to do a, a, basically a study on where everybody's at, the demographics of the area, how much coffee is being produced, so we can measure against that. Um, because at the end of the day, we we don't know if we have the most sustainable options. But, I mean, we're trying, right? Yeah. And so um, th the idea is we're always going to tweak 
and go back to the drawing board when we get results from our studies. And uh, that's incredibly important. Um, the other piece that, that uh, I, th I think what you might be alluding to is where we just launched, this is really cool, this week actually, in Guatemala, we, we launched a, a blockchain initiative. And so we're trying to leverage cool, fancy blockchain technology uh, and install that in do you want to just tell everyone what blockchain technology sure. is if they don't know? So it's the underlying technology behind cryptocurrency. Um, mm -hmm. And so not that we're getting super fancy with any of that stuff, but it's an underlying technology that essentially when something changes hands, it creates a chain of data that's un, uh, unbreakable. And so if I pass this coffee over to Amelia and we tracked it via blockchain, we would always have record of that coffee changing hands. And so... Um, this is really important because it, it seems so silly to talk about this in, in this type of setting, but sometimes when producers sell coffee, if it rains, they might lose the receipts of their, their coffee and they don't have records to go get financing or anything like that. Through this technology, we're able to create a record base via SMS text messaging and allow the, the producer to own data for the first time. And then from our standpoint, we're able to track and look at how many producers um, are in our supply chain, track the amount of volumes, and we're able to forecast the future of, of our uh, supply chain and, and do that. Um, you know, and then down the line, when we look to link that to consumers, uh, my dream and my vision for this is to have a, a QR code on every, every can or bag of our coffee and we'll be able to hit that QR code and shoot directly down to the community that coffee has grown and you'd be able to see the social impact that we're making in that community. So you'll instantly know that this coffee is sustainably sourced and uh, see the amount of impact that you're able to buy into as a consumer. Cool. Um, yeah, one, I mean, one of the things I really respect about what you guys are doing are the, they host these listening sessions where before they go in, they'll go in and they'll kind of talk to the community. What do you need? How, how do you want this to look? Um, and, and so much of your brand and your mission is this intimate, personal, you know, we know you, you know us. Um, in 2017, you were acquired by Nestle, right? Um, yes. And congratulations. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, that's a gigantic multinational corporation. Um, and, and some of their food partners are perhaps on the opposite side of the sustainability than you guys are. So yeah. I'm curious how that influenced you, how you made true to your mission, and if at all you're trying to influence Nestle to kind of integrate your approach into more of their corporate strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, every, anytime uh, in the M&A space, you know, a small values-led organization is is acquired, there's always going to be some growing pains. Um, but the, the great thing is when we were first acquired, they gave us a, a budget to go kind of, I call it on a soul-searching mission. And we were able to really define who we are were as people that led the organization and um, defined where we wanted to go. And that really allowed us to double down on all these efforts. And we had full support from the organization um, to double down on sustainability. And in so many ways, it's actually allowed us to increase our social impact uh, for many ways. A, the distribution increase is able, we're able to grow a little bit faster. And as we grow, we continue to uh, invest these premiums in origin. Uh, so that's an amazing thing for the coffee world in general, right? Yeah. And so, and then it also gives us tools and resources that, look, we were in like a three-bedroom bungalow. That was our main office. That sounds so, awesome. <laughs> and so it, it allows us to get some resources that we never had before. Right. And um, and again, to, to continue this mission. They've never come to me and say, hey, 
you can't do this. They say, we want to take more of our, your team down there so we can further be inspired and continue this work even more. So, um, you know, I couldn't be more thrilled with that relationship. That's, that's what we wanted going into it. And we were able to, to continue that going forward. Cool. And, you yeah. know, whenever bungalows are involved. Um, yeah. <laughs> my final question, and then I'll open it up for one, um, is, you know, I, we all, mo- most of us drink coffee. Um, and your coffee is delicious and also perhaps more expensive than lower mid-market coffee. Um, one, you know, I'm wondering, um, what do you say to someone who might struggle to absorb the cost of kind of more ethically sourced ingredients? Good food is often more expensive. And two, what responsibility do we have as coffee drinkers to know about our sourcing? Or what should all of us think about when we're deciding where to get our next cup of joe? Sure. Those are, Sorry, those are good questions. That. And I think, the, I think the second one kind of answers the first sure. in the sense that um, the standard coffee is not sustainable. Right? And I, I talked a little bit about the, the sea market and things like that, where the, the mainstream coffee isn't always um, paying the farmer a sustainable price. Right. So right. we have to keep that in mind. But I'm also incredibly sensitive to um, uh, uh, someone on a budget and can't afford a, you know, a $2.99 can of, of cold brew coffee. And so um, I would look at it in the same way that we look at fine food breads, right? So maybe instead of mm-hmm. having... Um, seven slices of Wonder Bread on your sandwich. Maybe every now and then do a, a French baguette, but just have a little bit Love less, right? Yeah. And um, look at it through that lens and uh, maybe a little less of, of higher quality. But nonetheless, whatever you drink, I would always encourage you to look uh, and ask the questions. Where's the coffee coming from? Is it sustainable? Is it certified? Anything like that will help drive um, a sustainability globally, drive it forward. Great. Cool. Well, thank you guys all. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Food Talk with Danny Nuremberg. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. Make sure to return to foodtank.com every day for original reporting and analysis on the most pressing issues impacting our food system. 